Welcome to DJCC On Air, the destination for Dallas area young professionals. Looking to take it to the next level personally and professionally? You've come to the right place. We connect you with cutting edge thought leaders who share the secrets to driving successful businesses. We infuse your lifestyle with business, networking, information, and innovation, all while covering the top trending topics for young professionals. This is DJCC On Air. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to DJCC On Air Season 2, Episode 5. I'm Zach Lewis. Sarah Crilly. And we are sitting here with president of the DJCC this year, Charles Jones. Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you for the welcome. So... This episode's going to be a little unconventional, I think. I like to think all episodes are unconventional, but this one in particular is a little different. We're talking about something a little bit, uh, I don't know, ex- extraneous? Real estate, which is not something millennials talk about a whole lot, I don't think, but it turns out I might be wrong. Uh, more millennials this year, supposedly, are buying homes than ever before. Why? We are a generation of renters turning buyers, Lewis. It's happening. We I've are. even bought a home, and, and it's been the craziest right thing i've gone through so far we in got, my years <laughs> we got to talking about this uh, around the office and, and we wanted to kind of address it and we thought djcc might be a good pr- platform for this because millennials listen to the show so um i am a younger millennial i'm, I'm 25 i'm renting an apartment i have rented a home before it was great i've rented apartments um i'm of the mindset i'm gonna rent until i die i think that i i'm just gonna rent forever sarah is a board member of djcc sarah thanks for being on the show uh you are Forgive me for asking 27. How 27. And you just bought a home. Just bought a home. Like last weekend or something. Like crazy, right? Real and I'm not alone. Charles did too. I yes. did. Charles. But I, I got there first two whole weeks ago. Two whole weeks yeah. ago. And you skew a little older than the millennials. Yes. You are. I'm over 27. No, I'm 35. You're 35. Now, as far as I know, in 2017, you, you are a millennial if you land anywhere between 18 and 36. That I'm not like sure. A bear, yeah, I'm not sure about the logistics range. on the on the low end of 18 and the high end of 36. But it, you, if you're somewhere in there, congratulations, you're one of us. So, Yay. why do older millennials? I mean, you guys are buying homes. I think I'm going to rent forever. People change, but let's 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 just kind of open this up and talk about it for a minute. Why did you guys? I guess first off, buy homes, Charles. Well, I was going to rent forever too. Like up until about two years ago, I right. was never buying a house. I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut grass. I didn't want to have to worry about fixing air conditioners or repairing roofs. Um, I really liked that if a light bulb went out in my apartment, I could do a request online before work, and when I came home for lunch, the light bulb was fixed. It was the greatest thing ever. I didn't even own a ladder, um, but uh, that that was just one of the main reasons. But also, uh, I moved a lot. I love to try different neighborhoods, different yeah. buildings, um, and having that kind of freedom was really valuable to me. But um, over the last couple of years, uh, I got two kids. I'm ready to kind of settle down and stop moving around. And right. so I don't know. I'm also 35, so maybe that was like a switch that flipped. Yeah. Um, just kind of got old one day. See, that's one of the funny things, Millennium. We love to travel. We Who do. doesn't love travel? I, I read something the other day that said that millennials will take travel, they'll take an experience over an object, over something permanent, because we like the idea of being able to get out and try new things. Moving is a big part of that. If you live in an apartment you want to move, you can. 
that's an option. Buying a house is a huge commitment. Also, another big thing is the maintenance. But you're right, you're getting older, and something about buying a house implies that you're, I don't know, moving on, you're you're maturing, you're becoming an adult. So, Sarah, you recently bought a home, and you're a little younger millennials. Tell me about it. Same thing. I, you know, have my son, Caleb, and we love Plano. Just got engaged, and we decided to pull the trigger and buy a house, and here we are. It was the biggest, scariest decision of our lives, but here we are. We bought the home, we did it, and it's exciting, but it's also nerve-wracking because it was a very expensive purchase and there's a lot that comes along with it we ended up buying a fixer-upper so we're months into this new renovation process and you know it, it definitely is an undertaking but it's something that we were ready for and excited about so that's definitely how I'm shedding the light on the subject I think a big part of, of renting versus buying for me like Charles said is the maintenance there's this idea that I have other things I have to do other than focusing on my job I think the biggest leaps you make in your career are gonna be 20 to 35 that's the biggest steps you're going to make because right around 35 you've got a family and you're probably buying a house and you're settling down and you're (laughs) going to stay where you're at you're not going to move across the country to do something new i mean you could but it'd be a much bigger process and doing it when you're young and you're able to move because you're renting an apartment so tell me a little bit about that i mean obviously when you're younger like myself you're thinking maintenance is something i don't want to have to worry about And at some point you cross a line you flip a switch like charles said and you have to, I don't know, just accept that that's something you have to take on as a responsibility. Is that, that doesn't seem easy to swallow from where I'm sitting. You know, that doesn't seem like an easy thing to kind of grasp. So the idea of not being able to quickly move if you have to, the idea of somebody not coming out and fixing your stuff, how do you feel about that? Well, uh, you know, doing the math, the amount of money I can save on my mortgage can actually go into paying for all that maintenance stuff if it happens. Now, I didn't buy a fixer-upper, bought a house, and I made sure I, literally everything was in perfect condition. You got to so, move in ready. Yeah, I now I'm envious. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sarah did. This is a good thing. Yeah, so we can talk about this. I'm going to pay somebody to come do my lawn and, you know, come check pipes and make sure everything's working and then continue doing that every month for however long so that I can avoid (laughs) as many of those like surprise maintenance things as I can. But, you know, in the house that we're renting right now, we'd still end up having to fix stuff and I'm fixing somebody else's stuff instead of my own. So, you know, there's there's some value in that. I really think it's worth it. You find the location. You're like, you know what? I'm going to invest and I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and let's buy a home and let's do this thing, baby, because we love Plano. And Uh, so we did find a great house and excited about it. But we're not alone because millennials are the largest population group to date and they are the largest purchasers. Yes. And and I want to kind of dig into that for a second. And, And there's this there's this thing about millennials, and maybe it's just me, but I'm hoping you two can kind of agree. Um, we grew up in a different place, in a different time. When we were kids, we wore overalls and played with Crayolas, and we were told that when we get out of college, there's going to be jobs, because the generation that raised us had that. Turns out we get older, and it's not quite that way. You get out of college, and you can't find a job, and you're like, man, this isn't so great. Um, we were raised thinking things are going to be one way, and then you grow up and find out it's drastically different. I mean, we have technology nowadays. We are not in the same world we were when we were kids. So... There's this, I think there's this negative stigma around the idea of buying a house because it implies permanence and devoting yourself to something that may not always be there. A house can burn down. An apartment can burn down, but you can go get another one, but your house burns down and you're tied to this mortgage and suddenly it's like, man, this is a really big responsibility. It's, it's, it's asking a lot of an individual who may or may not be scared of that kind of commitment, which is a strange thing with millennials. And I'm not sure if either of you agree with what I just said, but I, I think 
buying a home is is a real big step. And it's a real big step, but it's definitely an investment, Lewis. And we have an expert coming up here that's going to talk all about making that leap because all of us that are jumping into the pool right now buying homes, it's really sink or swim because experiencing the home buying market here is hotter than ever. So whether you want to or not, when you get into jumping into that pool of the home buying market, it is the competition fierce. It's crazy. Right. We've got somebody standing by to come on and talk a little bit more about this, uh, and we're hoping we can get to her in the next segment. So we'll be right back with more of DJCC on air right after this. Ready, set, socialize. More of DJCC on air in just a moment. Impacting young professionals across DFW. You're listening to DJCC On Air. It's going to be an intense house hunting season, especially for young buyers. And we have Jillian Cunningham here to join us and tell us all about how competition is fierce in the home buying market here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Welcome, Jillian. Well, thank you for having me. Jillian, I want to dig into this a little bit because you are our, our, our expert. I'm hoping you can shed some light on this problem. But first off, uh, let's introduce you to listeners who aren't familiar. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the home realty business. I actually um, got into real estate back in 2000. I was looking to purchase some investment properties. I was working in corporate America, I met someone who uh, was a real estate broker and a mortgage broker, and they took advantage of me. And I thought, wow, I've purchased a home before, I'm a good saver, I have good credit and everything, so how did this happen to me? And so from that experience, I decided that I wanted to get into real estate to really help educate and empower people when it comes to real estate so that they can make informed decisions for themselves. Wow, I didn't, okay, that's that's good. Negative experience kind of bringing you into a positive place that okay I, i'm picking up where you're putting down this is perfect um before i get to the millennial thing let, let's get this out of the way you own your own realty company that is correct jillian company J- jillian cunningham realty uh this is a show where we have entrepreneurs on sometimes tell me a little bit about that why not go be a realtor for somebody else why, why do your own thing well for me personally i've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and coming from um, corporate america i felt like if i was going to go out and do this i wanted to do my own thing i wanted to put my own personal stamp on it and make it something that truly represented me and so I'm not risk adverse, I can take on the risk, and so I decided that I would be fully responsible for everything that I did as related to real estate. You are so perfect for this show. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, this is perfect. So, let's dig into this a little bit. Uh, More millennials, uh, what do you think about the statement? More millennials are currently, this year, buying homes than ever before. Is that something you've kind of seen? Do you agree with that? That is a very accurate statement. They're saying that millennials are now coming of age, they're getting older, they're getting into their late 20s and early 30s, and they're at a point now During the economic downturn, um, they were underemployed and they didn't have the jobs and they weren't being able able to save money and things. And so now they're at a point that they really want to get their own properties. And so they're anticipating that anywhere from 32 to maybe 50 percent of the home buyers this year will be millennials. All right. So we're growing up. We're getting older. We're maturing, maybe, sort of. Tell us about. I don't know millennial homes. What kind of homes are millennials buying? Are we buying fixer uppers? Are we buying mansions? I mean, what are we? Yeah. 
Well, as you all mentioned in the first segment, there's two different types of millennial home buyers. There's those that want to buy the turnkey property, which is they don't want to go in and have to worry about what they need to do to the property. They just want to move in and have it move in ready. Right. Then you have those like Sarah, who was saying that she wanted something that was a fixer upper because she truly, truly wanted to put her own personal stamp on the property. Mm-hmm. So there's there's those two ranges of millennial home buyers. Now I will say, just from my experience, is the costs are high. I mean, you buy a fixer-upper and you think, oh, we're just going to slap some paint and make it pretty. And then we're like, one thing leads to another, the floors, the carpet. Maybe I want to do something in the kitchen. And it's a pretty big price that you have to pay. So now I'm kind of like, maybe we should have done just the move-in ready home. I don't know. Too late. (laughs) No backseat. Yeah. One of the things about the millennial home buyers is that a lot of them, of course, are first-time home buyers. And typically, first-time home buyers would love to have purchased homes between 150 and maybe 175, but they don't really exist in this marketplace right now, at least in the Dallas Metroplex. And so millennial home buyers are buying homes all the way up to $350,000 as their first time home. So what we're finding is if they're purchasing homes that are more expensive, they don't have the money to do the updates and things like the updated kitchen, they're wanting the newer kitchens, the bathrooms and things of those that nature, because those are the most expensive things that you would ever do to a home. So a lot of them are desiring the move-in ready homes. And I'm curious, where exactly are millennials landing geographically? I mean, I would imagine most of them want to buy things close to the Metroplex, right? You want to be closer, you want to be plugged in, but sometimes it's better to kind of branch out and get outside of the Metroplex a little bit. So where, where do you think people are landing? Most millennials are desiring to be in in the Metroplex. However, they're getting more for their money as they go out into the suburbs. So Mm -hmm. most millennials overall are purchasing properties in the suburbs because they get the biggest bang for their buck. All right. So the big question, why do you think millennials are are buying homes now? What, what, What has changed? What's going on? I think that millennials, as we mentioned before, they're getting older. Some of them are starting to get married. They're having children. And they're thinking, I really would like to have a more stable environment for my family. And I'd like to, perhaps in some cases, build some wealth for themselves. All right. And why do you think millennials, uh, like myself, younger millennials, um, why do you think there's this negative stigma around it? Why, why, Why are we afraid of the term mortgage? I think that millennials, may, like yourself, may be somewhat afraid of a mortgage because they're thinking about what they saw their parents go through during the economic downturn between 2008 and 2012. And so for that reason, they're like, I don't ever want to truly be bogged down by a house and be, you know, having to make a mortgage payment. I may not be able to travel. I may not be able to go out and do some of the things that I truly enjoy doing if I have a mortgage. But we find that usually when people are millennials or not, not millennials, in general, but people overall, when they're single, they're more apt not to want to have a home. But once they start to have children and get married, that's when they truly think about settling down. Right. And, and it's I'm, a great investment, Lewis. Right. And see, this is where I was There's going something with this. there. The whole idea of investing, um, it's completely foreign to me. I don't get it at all. I just go out and, and spend money. Um, I'm curious about <laughs> if we can kind of dig into the pros and cons of, of buying v. renting. Um, There's a lot of things. The idea of investing in a mortgage versus just paying a rent check. I mean, what 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 can you tell me about that? Well, one of the things is you're paying a mortgage, whether it's your mortgage or it's someone else's mortgage. So if you live in an apartment, you live in a lease house or wherever you live, you're paying a mortgage. Sure. It's just a matter of whether you are getting the true benefit of that mortgage. And if it's your own mortgage, as the properties are appreciating, you're starting to build wealth for yourself. Right. And in most cases, most of the houses are appreciating anywhere from 3 to 5% per year. And in our Metroplex, where we have a shortage of houses, they're going up even more than that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great way for you to start to build wealth for yourself. 
Charles, Sarah, I'm curious, do you have any thoughts towards that? Well, the house I bought um, appreciated 44% in the 10 years since it was purchased previously. Wow. And that's about how long I plan to be there. Yeah. And my mortgage payment is about the, is about $10 less than my rent is yeah. at my current house. So I'm going to be paying the same amount for the next 10 years. And about half of that's going to come right back to me when I sell it. So... That, that's my financial gain out of it. All right, well, devil's advocate here, because I don't really have a good understanding of this. Help me wrap my head around this a little bit. Uh, if they're building houses all over, Texas is a big place, there's a lot of land. How do houses come to appreciate? How does that work? Well, inflation. Inflation. All right. Houses appreciate, of course, because of inflation, but they also appreciate when we have a shortage of houses out there on the market. And when, So when you have a large demand for something and a shortage of it, like a cell phone, you have cell phones that are exorbitantly high. Mm -hmm. And if they weren't as popular, they wouldn't cost as much. So it's the same with housing. Right. The, the, the higher the demand for something is, the higher... The appreciation and the demand the is high. I'm telling you, the we were going in for house showings, and the next thing you know, it that sucker was gone. We were lucky to get in the house that we're in, yeah. and we're going to put some money into it. But hey, at least we got into one, mm -hmm. right? Anyone in this market, if you're looking to purchase a house, if you're purchasing a home under three hundred fifty thousand dollars, it's a seller's market. And what that means to you is that as a buyer, you will be bidding for properties. And so, if the property is listed at say two hundred fifty thousand, chances are you're probably not going to get that. House house for 250 if it's in good con good condition and it's priced right you're probably going to end up paying anywhere from $2,500 to maybe yeah. $15,000 above the list mm -hmm. price of the property if you truly want that property yep. all right walk me through the commitment a little bit uh you and every house is different I get it but you you, you sit down you decide okay I'm going to buy a house how long are you going to be paying that off Typically, I mean, average, well, I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Well, most people, they say on average, usually live in a home for maybe seven to 10 years before they move on to the next property. But oh, you wow. can get financing for anywhere from 15 to 30 years. And so a lot of people get 30 years, but 15 years is a great mortgage to get because you're not paying as much interest and you'll start to get more equity in the property faster. Gotcha. Okay. And, and, and the last thing, my, my last great concern about this before I let you go, uh, maintenance. I mean, that's that's the big scary thing. Charles talked about it earlier. I feel the same way. This idea of having to get things fixed. If my fridge breaks in my apartment and floods the apartment, um, it all gets fixed. None of it is my responsibility. All I do is pay a casual rent check and it all gets taken care of and I don't have to pay anything. Home buying is a little different. That is all on you. So what can you, I don't know, what can you tell me about that? Ease my troubled mind a little bit. You're not bit. the handyman, I, Lewis? I am the handyman, but I cannot <laughs> refloor a home because of a fridge. Sorry. I, I, that's that's where I cut off. I, I advise yes. all buyers, when you purchase a home, especially the first year that you purchase and really any year, year thereafter, you really want to get something called a residential service contract. And what that does is that allows you to pay an annual fee, and it's like insurance on the property. So if your AC or your appliances break down or if you have an issue, um, I guess, with plumbing or anything of that nature, you only pay a service call fee, which is usually anywhere from 50 to $75, and a repair person will come out and take care of that issue for you. Really? So that kind of helps to ease the mind of a home buyer as to addressing any maintenance issues. And that you they know what? Have. We have a trending app that's come out that we'll hear all about in the Do next we? segment. Yeah, they're called Fix. Can we get them on the show? I think we can. Okay. Well, I think cool. I got yeah. All right. All right. Well, so then maybe yeah. Maybe the, we can get to talking the with them. Uber for home repairs. Because that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. This idea that you can basically have a service that you sign up for that comes out and does maintenance for you. Because that kind of yeah, it it it, it works. It, it lands on both ends of the, the spectrum. Mind. You, you still get maintenance taken care of, and you just kind of work it into your monthly. 
fees and yes. I guess you're fine. Yes. So, Jillian, I know you're a busy woman, but before we let you go, real quick, thanks for coming on the show and how can people get a hold of you if they want to know more? You can find me at ask at JillianCunningham.com and that is again my website also, JillianCunningham.com I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at AskJillian, so if you have any questions, feel free to touch base with me. Social media, I dig it. Alright, well Jillian, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I guess we'll continue the conversation. We'll be right back with more DJCC on air right after this. Now's a good time to practice those networking skills. DJCC On Air will be right back. The destination for Dallas area young professionals. This is DJCC On Air on RNCN. Welcome back to DJCC On Air. I'm Zach Lewis sitting here with Sarah Crilly and Charles Jones. Uh, we have an interesting guest on this segment. We were just done talk. We just finished talking to Jillian Cunningham about you know, owning a home and selling and buying. Uh, for millennials, and she mentioned something that kind of caught my ear. This has kind of been a, uh, this has been sticking in my cross since since the very beginning. Maintenance, taking care of your home, because to me, if something goes wrong, I can move to a different apartment. I, I can I can have my landlord take care of it. It's not a big deal. But when you own a home, it is. I mean, it's something you have to be responsible for. But Jillian mentioned something that caught my ear. This idea of a home warranty. You have a service that comes in and basically takes care of it for you for a monthly fee, very similar to how a landlord would have you paying a maintenance fee for your maintenance guys to come in. Now, of course, that's worked into the rent. This is an individual thing, and it's probably not necessarily something people are going to always jump on. But it does sound interesting to me, and it seems to bridge that gap between renting and owning as far as maintenance is concerned. So here to talk with us about this is Evan Myers of fixed repair. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. No worries. So I wanted to kind of dig into this a little bit and ask you about uh, your service. But first off, tell me a little about yourself. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, how'd you get into the home repair business? Yeah, uh, myself and Brandon uh, Bohannon, my uh, other co-founder and partner, we worked in the uh, actually HVAC industry for um, almost been a decade now um, doing extended service contracts or extended warranties on HVAC equipment. Is that so, an air conditioner? That is I an air had conditioner. to learn yeah. what that is with Heating, buying a house. I learned and air conditioning. HVAC. HVAC. I've been wondering what the yeah. HV was for like 15 H- years. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. New to Heating, home ventilation, buying. air conditioning. <laughs> All right. That's our learning segment for the day. So we've got, uh, so we, we spent a long time in the extended service contract industry doing that and uh, was very successful with it. Um, and we were looking to different markets to get into, and the home warranty side was uh, a, an easy path for us. We knew a lot about the um, the contractor industry through working with the HVAC companies and all that sort of stuff. So um, it was an easy path for us. So we said, okay, let's go, and we're going to start a home warranty branch. And um, we created Fixed as a home warranty company. And um, like I mentioned earlier, um, one day Brandon had a rental property that was having issues and he called a couple of our different contractors uh, to come out and look at his air conditioning system. And, um, you know, we got different, he got different quotes anywhere from $50 to $150 uh, to do the same repair. And, um, you know, he said, look, why don't we just open up our service network um, to do home repairs and not just the home warranty side and um, we can flat rate all the repairs we know what everything costs we can get the cost for all the plumbing electrical all that sort of stuff um, we know what that is um, we can open up to home services so really that's how fixed services and, and fixed repair was born 
through through that. Right. So there are a lot of different homes out there and a lot of different buyers. You have fixer uppers. You have homes that are just like new when you move in. How do you evaluate like the value of the service you offer? Is it a flat rate for everybody? Everybody pays this amount. And we come fix it no matter what. Or is it if your home is 30 years old, you pay more than one that was built yesterday? I mean, how do you how do you really balance that? The way our uh, home warranty program works is we have a couple different levels of options that you can purchase. You can purchase kind of your whole home full on package for $650 a year. It's an annual uh, fee. Um, typically, when a new home buyer purchases uh, their house, they will uh, get a home warranty w- with the new purchase, and they can do the whole home for six fifty. We have a four fifteen plan, which just covers everything but basically your appliances in the house, so yeah. your home systems, your plumbing, your electrical, your your heating and air conditioning. Um, and then there's just a small kind of heating and air conditioning and electrical package that we have, or an appliance only package that we have. So um, you've got a, kind of the smaller options there. Um, and the way it works is you'll pay the annual fee, and then if something goes wrong uh, in the house as a homeowner, um, when you have an active plan, you're just going to pay the $50 service fee uh, when someone comes out to do the repair. Um, it's kind of like a deductible, if you want to think about kind of like right. the insurance part of it. Um, and then that's all you pay, and we take care of the rest. Um, so uh, that's kind of how the home warranty side works. It, it gives you um, c- kind of a fixed cost on your repairs throughout the year so you know okay the only thing i'm going to be out of pocket is 650 dollars, and then if something goes wrong 50 dollars yeah. from there so did you say fixed cost it's a fixed you know, cost. And it's fixed. <laughs> There's a couple and of play on words. I, yeah. I like that. I was uh, going to jump on that, but I appreciate you taking the always. Yeah, so, so here's the intended. deal that caught Charles in my ear, because we both just bought houses, yeah, sure. and we don't want to do anything to it. We want you to do something to it. So you have an app for fixed, which makes it that much easier for us to get the house fixed, because what are some things that can go wrong? I literally don't even know. Like, right. what could go wrong with my house? Yeah. Well, you could have, um, you know, a lot of the typical stuff, and, and it's seasonal, too. So if you got your house in the wintertime, you may have a leaking pipe from a freeze break or something like that um, if you you know during the summertime uh, all of our heating and air conditioning clams are starting to go up because you know obviously it's heating up here in Texas you want your air conditioning working and, and you know something may be wrong with obviously the air you want your heating and air, your <laughs> yeah. air conditioning working a hundred degrees so you mean to tell me that if my air conditioning goes out y'all can come and fix it fixed Get through the fixed. app sure yeah. how quickly does that process go yeah it takes about 20 seconds to book your pro on the app um it's just a couple of clicks you tell us what needs to what's going on what's wrong with your system um and then we book a pro and they come out you can track the pro on the way to the job much like you can you know track your uber driver to come pick you or up your really domino's um, pizza. Yeah. yeah domino's pizza that's right Shout got out the domino's, domino's app yeah, yeah. um plug you get notifications throughout the process. You don't even have to be at your home. Like right now, if you had a repair going on, um, you could have somebody else there. Or um, if it's a repair that's on the outside of the house, you don't even have to be there. So if it's something that's happening to the outdoor unit on your air conditioning yeah. or plumbing outside. So, um, yeah, you don't have to be there. So you can track the whole process through the app. Uh, work orders are approved through the app. So you can sign and approve it and um, pay through the app all in right. one fell swoop. So it's really nice and easy for claims and for service. It is. So you know that honey-do list that Sarah's going to put you on, Charles? Literally, yeah, no, you can manage that, it through an app. <laughs> you yeah. can literally manage yeah. it through gonna, an app. I'm going to have the fixed do list. <laughs> you can, out, you can <laughs> outsource They're be it. They're going to doing that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And yeah. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the app. Um, but before we get into that, I'm curious. I have a couple more questions about the home repair. Mm-hmm. Um, your idea of multiple tier kind of plans seems to fit really well. You're right. That, that's kind of a catch-all and it casts a wide net for different people in different situations. 
Um, how do you determine whether or not something is, is user error, it's something the homeowner did, or if it's like an act of God type of situation? Because in any like almost insurance company, I'd say, they have that. You know, if, if your AC breaks, well, were you running it constantly all the time? And or that's did why you it hit broke? it with a hammer? Or did it just uh, kind yeah. of break on its own? I mean, how old is <laughs> the it? The mower or the weed whacker yeah, usually so takes right. out a while. Do you have any kind of thing for that, or is it just kind of however it breaks, we cover it, and that's that? Yeah, there are. I mean, there are terms and conditions that come along with the warranty. Um, you know, we obviously, it's 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 a regulated business by the state. So um, we have to submit our terms and conditions and yeah. our, you know, all of our rates and all that sort of stuff. So there are some uh, restrictions as far as like acts of God, um, you know, or like the hail that we had recently. Yeah, if, you know, your, totally. If your air conditioner or something just got hammered by the hail, uh, you know, it's making a funny sound now. That's not going to be covered. Um, but the beautiful thing is because, you know, we're offering the home service side, mm-hmm. we have a pro out there that's going to do the diagnosis. He's going to say, well, this is not going to be covered under the plan because it is hail damage in that example. Yeah. Um, however, I can fix it for you for this price. And he's going to give you what our, you know, our fixed rate pricing, which okay. is the limited kind of the warranty rates, so to speak, that we're passing on to homeowners. So it's not your retail rate. So right. in a typical home warranty situation, what other companies do is they would take, they would they would take you and say, okay, listen, it's not covered under the home warranty. Um, and the pro is going to give you a quote for whatever the, that price is going to be to repair that. And yeah. he could make that up himself with our program. We're, we're fixing the cost. So the pro can't just make up whatever he wants to charge you based on how nice your house is, right. what kind of car he sees in the driveway, that sort of stuff. They do that. Oh yeah. Oh, they yeah. do that. That's yeah. chilling. So I wanted to <laughs> ask about, uh, you said the, the, the home, warranty side of our of our things i want to ask about the other side of that coin do you have to do this kind of monthly service with you guys or can people just schedule service like anything could i i mean i, I don't have any kind of deal with you guys could i go home and say hey my ac's broken and you come out and check it out buy or? a house first okay well that's probably a good step <laughs> i mean i'm just drawing an example sarah Curley, but i appreciate yeah, you calling it if sarah goes home and her ac is broken could, does she have to have something going with you or can Number she just one, download the I'm app and lose immediately my schedule mind service? because if my air conditioning going out it's like that's a huge deal well, in Texas. Maybe cool Evan will cut you a deal because you're on the show. I mean, I don't know. You're a friend of a friend. Yeah, we can so get it taken care of. There you go. You know somebody. That's Isn't this the, show great? It's all about who you so, know. So yeah, do do they have to have any kind of contract with you guys, or can anybody just schedule service? No, it's that the app is free. You can even book it online if you don't if you don't want to use the app. Oh, so wow. um, you can book any service that we offer. And right now we offer uh, the HVAC, so your heating and air conditioning. Plumbing, electrical, pool and spa, garage door, um, and appliance repair. So those are the services that we offer. You don't have to have a service agreement with us at all. You could just go on, book it, and um, within less than a minute, you'll have an account and your job will be booked and we'll sign a pro to you and they'll be on their way. Really? And where is this offered? All throughout DFW. So the four major counties in DFW uh, is, is where it's going on right now. We're looking to expand um, later this year, um, down into Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. Oh, so. wow. Well, Check Evan, out, uh, thanks, this. yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Like I said, this, this bridges the gap for maintenance for me because that's a genuinely large concern. I'm a handyman, but there's only so much I can do. Evan, um, where can people find out more about Fixed? You can, uh, you can download the apps on the Google Play Store or the iTunes Store, uh, and then you can go to fixedrepair.com, F-I-X-D repair.com. Um, to check everything else out. Well, Evan, thanks for coming on the show. Before we let you go, I want to ask for new homeowners or people who might be looking into buying a home at some point like myself, new homeowners like Sarah, 
Charles, um, do you guys have any kind of, uh, I don't know, like a package deal for people who just bought a home? Is there some kind of a sweet thing they can get? Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking to buy a home, definitely ask your real estate agent about the fixed repair home warranty. Um, right now we have a free Reiki that we offer. Most people don't think about it when they move into the home, but um, on the app, when you download it for the first time, you'll get a, a little button that you can press for a free Reiki. Schedule it, takes a couple of seconds, and someone will come out and change all the locks so everything's nice and secure. Completely for free? For free. It's wow. part of the it's part of the home warranty that we offer. Well, that rocks. Evan Myers of Fixed Repair, everybody. Uh, we'll be right back with more DJCC on air right after this. Ready, set, socialize. More of DJCC on air in just a moment. Impacting young professionals across DFW. You're listening to DJCC On Air. We are back with DJCC On Air. We're sitting here with kind of uh, kind of a different guest. We were talking about this idea of, of millennials buying homes, and I wanted to get somebody else on to talk about it. Sarah had a suggestion, uh, a friend of hers. Um, one of 2016's uh, top agents in one of DFW's biggest real estate arenas, which is kind of nuts. Uh, he took the time to sit down with us. Uh, Peter Loudis, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, first things first, can I call you Pete? Is that okay? Sure. Okay, cool. Pete, great. All right, so hey. first things first, I want to, yeah, Sarah, welcome to the show as well. Sorry, I didn't introduce you. Well, awesome, Louis. Right? Well, <laughs> we do have to say that Peter is kind of a big deal, and he's a Dallas Junior Chamber member, so welcome, Peter. Thank yes. you, Yes, so first things first, this is DJCC on air. Uh, your affiliation with the Chamber, how long have you been involved? I've been involved on and off for probably about two and a half years, two years-ish. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I took a brief hiatus when my daughter was born, uh, so that was a new experience, but yeah. now I'm trying to get back involved a little bit more. So yeah. Rock on. All right, so real estate. You are a realtor. I am. You're also a millennial. I am. Perfect for this show. So let's talk about that for a second. How'd you get into real estate? So I got into real estate a few years back. My wife was actually kind of the impetus for it. She's in real estate, but does the property management side. Hmm. And she's been the one that's kind of kicking my butt to get into real estate for many, many years. And it's really just a natural fit for me. And it's one of those things that's so close to you, you don't realize it until someone tells you. So I've been in sales for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So I've always had a, a very energetic uh, disposition towards other people. And I get my energy. I'm an extrovert. I get my energy from being around other people, interacting with them, talking with them, helping with them. And so I've been in the sales arena for many, many years. And then probably about four years ago, my wife said, you know, we're in a spot where we can do it. Just go get your license and jump on in. And I did it. So I've only known this up, up, up market since 2012, 13, yeah. where things really just started to go gangbusters. Which it's like hit the ground running. Right. In we're this market. Yeah, we're coming at this from a strange position because we're talking about millennials buying homes and why there's this sudden boon in millennial buyers. And, and you are a millennial seller, which is interesting. You're, you're in the millennial real estate business. So tell me, when were you renting? I assume at some point you were renting an apartment, right? And I you was. made the leap to home buying and now you are selling. And tell me a little bit about that, that, that shift in transition, because a lot of millennials like myself think they're going to rent forever. Yeah. And obviously you <laughs> don't feel that way. So I'm hoping you can kind of offer some insight. I don't. Clearly, I'm a little biased because I am in real estate and well, yeah, I'm sure. in the business yeah. of selling houses. But 
I first moved to DFW in 2006. I lived in Louisville, Texas for a year. And I said, Louisville's great, but it's not for me. Yeah. I am 22 years old. I'd like to live in the city. So I moved to Dallas and I rented for, gosh, what was that, four years? So I rented in Dallas for four years and I got so sick and tired of moving. That was my number one reason for buying. I said, I don't wanna move every single year like I have been doing. Wow, yeah. Some people can do that. I think probably moving and looking for a job are the two worst things in your entire life to do. Yeah. And so uh, I made two decisions that I'm never going to look for another uh, job again. And I got into real estate. And so this will be my career for the rest of my life, I think. I love it. Right. And then moving, I said, I don't want to move anymore. Uh, or at least I want to extend that a right. few years. And this seems to be kind of a trend in millennials as they get older. They, they, they strive for, or we strive for permanence. We yeah. want we want something grounded in our lives. And a home is a great example and something of to that. build, right? Of course. Just like starting a family. Uh, finding that great job. Yeah. Um, is that something you see kind of continuing in a trend with buyers nowadays? Do you deal with a lot of millennial buyers? I do. I do. I probably deal with about, I don't know, maybe 60 to 80% millennial buyers right wow. now. The All right. Yeah. yeah. If you can believe it, the market is right around half. So I think the last numbers I looked at was between 40 and 52% of the buyers are millennial buyers right now. So a lot of people are buying that are in our age bracket. And another one of those reasons isn't just that permanence and having your, your feet grounded, but it's also building equity and building some, um, you know, some permanence in your yeah, financial life. Totally. So I want to ask towards what kind of homes do you find millennials are buying? What's, what's our price range? What are we, what are we looking for? You know, any, any, any regular traits across the board? Yeah, so more and more I'm seeing millennials shifting from the single family home to the condominium or townhome. So people are wanting to stay in those urban areas. People love to stay in East Dallas, Uptown, Oak Cliff. And unfortunately, those areas have become very popular, which is great. But the dollar just doesn't go as far for millennials because we're still getting started in our career. So we don't have as much uh, capital sitting around in a bank account to plop down, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars to buy a house. So we're saying, you know, maybe we'll start with a one bedroom condo or a two bedroom townhouse and take it from there. All right. So would you say millennials are more into buying like fixer uppers in, in or, or no. you know, <laughs> OK. All right. Yeah. Tell me. A little they bit about are that. moving into townhouses. Why? Probably because they don't want to take care of a yard. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the first place okay. to start. Yeah. Yeah, see, we, 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 we shy away from big responsibility like that, but the yeah. idea of a home is enticing, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that said, I still there's a still a large portion of millennials that are buying single-family homes, and some that have that uh, Chip and Joanna nest to them where they envision, oh, man, I can totally do this. And more often than not, that idea starts in their head, but they end up buying a completely redone house. Right. That and is it's already expensive mm -hmm. to sure. do all those upgrades. Leaning but. more into the uh, professional side of yeah. things, uh, I know real estate offers a lot of opportunity in the way of kind of making making your own way, and that's something I think millennials love to do. Do you see a lot of people our age in your business, or, or do you feel like you're in, you're younger in an older age bracket? Um, I, I really do feel like there's a good mix. There's a, you know, there's the old guard, the real estate agents that have been doing it for 30 years that are still around, but we've got a really young, active, uh, sect of real estate agents that are just young, hip, fun. And I really don't see that stopping. There is that revolving door of people always getting into real estate, whether they're getting into it for the first time at 22 or at 42, there is a, a large number of people, especially in this hot market. People see the the houses turn, the sold signs go up, and you know it's oh man, real estate must be easy. I can yeah. get into that. Which in, for some people it can be. Millennials in in buying homes seem to things move fast in DFW. People buy homes quickly. So Give us some tips. we were just talking about yeah. this before the show. Well, tips sure, but um, just this idea of of 
homes going on the market and being gone in three hours. How do you find people react to that, specifically in our age group? Because it seems like one of those things you have to have bought a home before and kind of be in the know to jump on that kind of thing. Is that something millennials struggle with? Or are we the ones kind of pushing that? Are we the ones buying homes fast? Or are we the ones who are like, you know, last to the game? I think that it is a product of the market. So we have to adapt. And luckily for us, millennials are very adaptable. We are the first to take on technology. We're the first to trailblaze and do things new for the first time. So that being said, there is a little bit of a learning curve where this market in DFW is so hot. It is so uh, just on fire right now. So 38 days on market is the average for Dallas County, which that means in 38 days, if we don't have new houses on the market, everything will be sold. So that probably really brings it home for people when we think six months is a normal market. So you've got less than seven days to, to find a house because it's going to be gone because contract closes about 30 days. So we really do have to set our expectations and say, we've got to be able to make that decision quickly. And what happens as I'm Sarah, sure Sarah can attest to is you'll bid on, and I tell my clients this, we're probably going to bid on between one and four houses. One in four houses is the learning curve that I've found in my experience for people to say, you know, I'm finally ready to make that above ask offer to jump in two hours after we've seen the house and move forward with the contract. Because there's people in that same position that have already bid two, three, four houses where they've been, you know, hey, let's sleep on it. And they wait till the next day and the house is gone. Or you know what? This is the asking price. They should be happy to get the asking price. And you find out that it sold for $20,000 over the asking price. So it does take a little bit of a learning curve. Luckily, I've found that my millennial buyers really get it a little bit quicker. Sometimes some older buyers take five, six, seven, eight times to really let it sink in because you've bought three or four houses and this just doesn't seem normal. And you really need that expert on your side to be able to walk you through the process. Cause through my process, it was extremely emotional. I just did not know what I was signing up for when we were going out in the world of, you know, hey, a house is gonna get listed and in two hours it's gonna be gone. You really wanna have somebody there holding your hand, walking through the process and being able to say, look, and keeping you encouraged. And though it's a competitive market, here's what we need to do to be able to get you in the home that you wanna be into. Yeah. Right. And, and that being said, Pete, I'm hoping you can offer a little bit of, uh, of solace there. Let's say this episode goes out and I have a change of heart tomorrow and decide I want to buy a house. Yeah, but yeah any tips, tricks, advice for tips, me? Tips, tricks, advice. Yeah. Absolutely. So get yourself emotionally prepared yeah. <laughs> as yes. a buyer and being no. a millennial and wanting the beautiful, yeah. brand new, built, wow, four bedrooms with a nice kitchen yeah, with yep. for under $300,000 in Plano. Yeah. It wasn't there. Yeah. No, that was like five hundred thousand. You know, you don't sound bitter about this at all. You so <laughs> bitter. We got a fixer upper, and it's going to be a lot of work. It's, it's just going to be a lot of work. I had to, you know, take a big. Bite you know what? Of, it's got personality, all right. And by the time you're all done with it, you're it's right. Gonna, it's going to have your personal brand all over it. But it's again, be the had we had Peter, and I wish we did, because my awesome fiance wanted to do this all by himself and figure it out, and now he's going to end up buying a house. It seems like yeah. or building his own house inside right. the house. It's going to be a lot of work. Anyways. Enough being said, yeah. um, Peter, give some advice to millennials that want to get into the market tips, right now. Tips and tricks. Number one, first, first, first rule, get pre-qualified. That is the first thing that every buyer has to do. I recommend they do it before they talk to me. So if we don't have an idea of what your finances look like, there's no point in even putting an offer in because every single seller and seller's agent wants to see a pre-approved letter with an offer. Yeah. So if that's not done, go ahead and do that. That's the first thing on the list. There's some great lenders out there that can offer a, a pre-approval, pre-qualification, 
and make it a really easy process for you. So that's the first thing to do. I think setting your expectations, Sarah talked a little bit about that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that might be a thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So setting your expectations. We want it all and we want it now. Right. What it's do we do, Peter? It, having realistic expectations is important in any scenario, but you're right. With a 38-day gap window, like you said, I can mm-hmm. certainly understand that for real estate. So familiarizing yourself with the market. I think open houses are great. Talk to your agent, though. Talk to a local agent that knows the market, that is familiar with where you want to live. If it's Plano, you know, get someone that's familiar with that market. Yeah. If it's someone that uh, specializes in Uptown, East Dallas, Oak Cliff, get someone that really knows that market. If it's your friend and they're familiar with it perfect that's great and talk to them and they'll be able to show you what houses are selling for so you can say oh man my budget's two hundred thousand. i really want to live in preston hollow you might figure out really quick that you need to add a zero to that so that's a good thing but look at the three the three items it's price location and finish quality and you can't always get all three of those unless you're on in life a little bit more and, and have some financial backing so i like to tell my millennial buyers pick two how long are you seeing that people are living in their houses for? Most people our age are living in their houses between three and five years. Really? Yeah. Okay. The average is usually about five years. It's shifted actually a little bit longer to about seven years on average now. And so do you recommend what kind of things, if you are getting the fixer upper, what do you want to start off with to add home value? The two biggest bangs for your buck are your kitchen and your bathroom. Really? Yep. Yep. So update your kitchen, update your bathroom, and you're going to see dollar for dollar the best return. And those wow. are the most expensive, but at least you get it back in the end, yes. right? Funny and, how that works. And there's some really creative, fun things that you can do. So I always suggest do your counters and don't maybe replace your cabinets, but dress them up a little bit, paint them white, put some new fixtures on them, and that'll make a big difference. So a lot of times I'll have my sellers do that. If they've got an old linoleum countertop, it's plastic, it's peeling. Ooh, it, baby. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> it looks great. You'd be surprised. You can do those things as long as you don't go overboard for a, a pretty affordable number. And when you're selling your house, I think that's really important to do because put your mindset in the buyers, especially with prices escalating to where they're at, people want the complete turnkey ready house. So if they see those countertops, they throw a crazy number. Oh my gosh, it's going to be $10,000 to replace these countertops. When in reality, maybe you could do it for two. And why not do it and enjoy it a little bit? Buyers can be so picky. It's Even so me, true. when I'd walk in, I'm like, oh, I don't really like the paint on that wall. Yeah. The entire time. Oh, I'm the like, small we things. Can, we can paint that. Hello. Well, you know, yeah. it's the do you have buyers like that? Yeah. I've got a few like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of the same thing. You walk into a pink or purple room and you go, oh my gosh. And that's all you can think about. So... If you could step back and say, you know what, it's really easy. I can buy a gallon of paint and paint this entire room or two gallons of paint and some pizza, some friends on a weekend, and it's changed and it's something that I like, you know, try to try to prepare yourself mentally for that. I think the devil is in the detail. Well, Peter Loudis, I know you're a busy guy, but thanks for coming on the show. Where can people find out more about you? Absolutely. So you can go to my website, PeterLoudis.com. That's Loud is L-O-U-D-I-S. So PeterLoudis.com. You can email me at Peter at Ebby. You can also text or call 214-215-4269. If you Google Peter Loudis, I'm the only name that comes up. All right. Awesome. We'll have to have you back. All right. Thank you Our so much, guys. Expert. Well, thanks a lot, Pete. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, we've spoken to three experts now, and I'm not sure if we've really gotten to the bottom of anything, but uh, we'll, we'll come back with our closing thoughts in the final segment of DJCC on air right after this. Now's a good time to practice those networking skills. DJCC on air will be right back.
The destination for Dallas area young professionals. This is DJCC On Air on RNCN. At the end of the day, I guess it's, um, you know, I suppose it's important to remember that we are millennials. I guess. We're, we're a different generation. We, we do things a little differently, and we're a little unconventional, but I think that's okay. And when it comes to real estate, everybody's got different opinions. Everybody wants something different, and, and whether you're, you want to buy or rent or whatever you want to do, <laughs> I guess you're entitled to do what you want, I suppose. I, you know, I'm a little younger, and I like renting, and I think that, that kind of meets my needs. Uh, other people, Charles, Sarah, they like, they like buying, and that's great. And as I get older, I'll probably feel the same way. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's millennials in real estate. I don't know if we really uncovered anything new or groundbreaking, but hopefully the conversation was kind of interesting, and I want to thank you for listening. Before we go, uh, something I've been talking about for the past few episodes, uh, every ep- at the end of every episode we talk about things that are coming up with the chamber, uh, and one of them, kind of the headliner, has been this taste event at the Crow Museum. Uh, rather than me just talking about it, uh, I figured maybe we could get somebody in to talk about it with us. So, here joining us on the show, we have Sarah Campion and Olivia Wilmson. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. All right, so, uh, Sarah... What do you know about taste? Supposedly, you're the expert for the chamber, and I'm hoping you can kind of fill us all in. For those of us that don't know you, what do you do with the chamber? And then tell us about taste. Yeah, so I'm a new member of Provisional Year, and I am the chair of taste. I joined earlier this year and got thrown right into the fire, if you will, to help plan this event. And it's been so much fun getting to know everybody, but also getting to plan this really, really cool event. Tell me about your background in event planning, because you don't just, I mean, yeah, tell me how you kind of got <laughs> yeah, wrangled into this. This is, that, that is very true. So I am not an official event planner by any means. Okay. It is not my job. I'm an operations manager. So um, you could say I run events every day as in making sure my company works. Sure. But um, I've done a lot of weddings, just being in them, being the maid of honor, um, planning a lot of things that way. I, just something I really enjoy. And so I wanted to take it on and try to do it in a different capacity. All right, cool. So Taste 2017. Um, did you have you have you been to any previous Taste events? I haven't. This I haven't really either. Fun. Okay, perfect. We're in the same boat. So <laughs> tell us about what we can kind of expect at Taste. Oh, this year is going to be so much fun. So even if you haven't been, um, this year is different. But if you haven't been before, you won't know that. So this year we're going to have wine, ten different wines. Uh, we're going to have whiskey, and we're going to have beer. And one of the wines is actually sake. So that's also really oh, exciting. Wow. And yeah, can I good. jump in? It's amazing. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm not a sake kind of girl, but I was at the wine tasting for taste, yeah. the tasting of taste. And it was unbelievable. The, the Unreal. Unofficial. So all of the wines taste. are amazing. And they're, they're going to have these passports that you can walk through the museum and try all these tastings. So let's talk kind of a little bit about that passport and the catering and all the other things that are happening. Yeah. Yeah, so the passport, you're going to get to try everything I just talked about, 10 different wines, mm. we're going to have a whiskey, we're going to have five different beers, there's going to be a lot of booze involved in this. <laughs> right, and it's not like you have two drink tickets, it's like right. you get one of these things. You get a taste wine. of everything that we have to offer, and they're going to have a passport, you get to walk around, you get to learn about what you're tasting, not just like chug it down. Right. Um, so we'll have people there to talk to you about what exactly you're tasting. It's from all around the world. So in years past, if you've been, it's just been a passport theme. Since this is the Crow Asian Art Museum, yeah. we are doing a passport to Asia. 
So we're going to travel around the world through our drinks to get to Asia. So catering, get a little bit of Asian inspired, but also some non-Asian food, just in case that's not someone's cup of tea. It's like a fancy but global um, bar crawl. Yeah. yeah Perfect. Kind of. I great. love it. So you can't I forget it. about the entertainment. Well, I was going to get to that, Sarah, but let's talk about them first. Yes. Uh, who is our entertainer for the evening? Uh, Radu John. Radu John, the violin guy. Or so I've heard. No, actually, Radu John was actually on the previous episode of the show. Uh, it's about 44 minutes, and it's a fantastic show. Please take a listen. It's a tease of what's coming up to Radu John when he's at Taste. So uh, how did you guys uh, coordinate with him? What's he going to be up to? Oh, my gosh. He has so much going on. There's going to be light show involved. There's going to be violin. There's going to be guitar. There's going to be DJing. It's going to be a fun fun addition to the event. And so. he's, he seems like a very accessible guy and a genuine person. Uh, is he going to be available to just kind of chat with people? Or is he going to just be performing and that's him? Well, I mean, I think he'll be performing, but he's very much a personal person. So I'm sure he's going to want to talk to people and get to know the crowd. So it's going to be really exciting. All right. So fill us in on the details of Taste. Where is it? When is it? How do people get to it? Yeah, so May 13th, so a little bit over a week from now. Um, so Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Crow Asian Art Collection downtown on Flora Street. So it's going to be a great time. And Olivia and I had a blast going through the museum. Olivia, tell us a little bit about the Crow. Yeah, please. You know, I've never been to a museum that has this kind of like you, you experience this passport too. You, you're like in a maze, but in a very unique way. Um, you walk in and there's a lobby and there's you know um, an exhibit to your right, an exhibit to your left. And then you can go up the stairs, which are kind of narrow, um, but not in a bad way. Or you can take the elevator up there. And it's like walking through these different exhibits they have a jade exhibit jade's actually my middle name so i thought that was pretty cool oh, perfectly wow. fitting um, Shout out. yes and i was like oh i love jade and i, and I thought oh i don't even have a piece of jade i need to put that on my <laughs> wish list <laughs> um and then you have this um beautiful kind of courtyard it's upstairs um area where you can step out and i believe we have some of that available yep. during taste um and then you walk down this beautiful like glass window um hallway uh, and then into the back and there's this kind of temple-like um, experience in the exhibition, and I believe that's where the violin guy is going it to be is. performing. Yep. And that was such a neat experience. They actually had a, a meditation um, set up during the day that we were filming, um, and we all sat down, and I mean, I actually meditated for a moment. I said, we're not just doing this for film, like I'm meditating right Yeah, now. I'm giving this a shot. And I, I felt wonderful. So it's gonna be a really awesome experience. I mean, they have, you know, so many awesome pieces of artwork, so you're there to, you know, see the artwork and, you know, mix and mingle and try all these different wines and whiskey and beer, so every, you know, something for everyone, but it was a really cool museum. I've never seen anything like it. And they will have people there to talk about the artwork while we're having our event. All right, so you'll have to learn some and stuff, stuff and get to try some great drinks. One more thing. Uh, do you have to be a DJCC member? What if you want to bring a friend? No, you don't. All you have to do is buy your ticket www.djcctaste.com. All right. Well, Sarah, Olivia, thanks so much for coming on the show and filling people in. Yeah, thanks so much thanks for, having for having us. us. Well, I think that just about wraps up our episode of DJCC On Air. Uh, before we go, a couple of things. DJCC Happy Hour is going to be this Thursday, May 18th at Ten Bells Tavern over on West 7th. Uh, it's kind of a different event this, this time. It's Cocktails for Kitties put on by... Feral Friends, which is a uh, organization put together to find feral cats and make them not feral anymore. I don't know a whole lot about cats, so that's about all I can offer to that conversation, but I'm hoping to learn more at the happy hour. Uh, they have kind of a cool deal over there. The $6 pint at 10 bells, and you get to keep the glass, which rocks. Six bucks, you get a glass. It's from 903 Brewery. It's kind of a sweet deal, so you should check it out. It's an indoor and outdoor bar, and supposedly they have cats running around that like live at 10 bells, so come hang out, you know, have a drink, and uh, maybe pet a cat. 
And then on May 25th, we've got the Resume Development Workshop at the Meadows Conference Center, 7 p.m. I know, it sounds incredible. We've got a couple of recruitment specialists coming out, as well as some of our fellow DJCC members, and we're hoping we can leverage each other's expertise, and hopefully I'll leave with a better resume. Entry's free for DJCC members, and only $5 for non-members, so bring a friend and uh, we'll have fun. That about wraps up this week's episode of DJCC On Air. I'm Zach Lewis. Thanks for listening.